Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. So, I'm going to tell you the story of my brief encounter with a man called Happy. And even though it happened around nine years ago, sometimes he still crosses my mind, especially on gloomy, overcast days in LA, just like the day that I met him. 2013. I'm working at a, a cannabis dispensary in Venice Beach, a block from the boardwalk. A good 35% of our patrons were unhoused people. Occasionally, someone experiencing severe psychosis would try to come in, but if they were screaming or unintelligible, security would just not let them in. If they had and presented the holy trinity of medical papers, ID and cash, they were good to go. We had a compassion program where we'd bag up grams of shake left over the bottoms of jars and give them completely free, one per person per day to anyone who asked. Word about this spread quickly on the boardwalk. Generally, these people would be the nicest, most polite and considerate customers. Even if they did smell a a bit stinky and their money got pulled out of a sweaty sock or something. No one working there would bat an eye if somebody came in smelling like they'd slept on the beach for a week next to a bottle of vodka. As long as they just calmly buy their weed and they would be on their way like any other customer. So... It's a a foggy, chilly day around the holidays, sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Someone called out, so I was the only one in the back, bud-tending. There was another employee at reception and the security guard at the front door. I'm alone in the back room. There are cameras, but no one is actively watching them. This guy walks in after getting checked in at the front and 
he's the only customer at the moment. And I swear that the whole room gets colder as he walks in. He is wearing a, a very thin, deeply faded, wrinkled, conformed to his body, floor-length leather duster jacket and a similar beaten-up, wide-brimmed leather cowboy hat. It honestly looked like maybe he'd lived and slept in these same clothes for years. We didn't allow hats, hoods, or sunglasses in the store, so I'm surprised that security didn't make him take off his hat. This man is at least 6'5 and built like a boulder. Not obese kind of large, too. I mean, pick you up and toss you like a ragdoll large. The stench that comes with him is honestly unlike anything that I'd ever smelled before or since. It was beyond B.O., beyond anything really. It sort of smelled like actual death, as if he had raw rotting carcasses tucked under his thick long leather coat. I thought that I had been hardened by plenty of nasty body odor stinks before, but this was absolutely revolting, far beyond anyone who hadn't showered lately or had even wet their pants or something. I'm trying not to inhale very deeply and I say, hi sir, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, would you mind taking off your hat? It's just store policy. Big customer service smile. So what are you looking for today? He sort of grunts deeply He's walking very slow, shuffling and dragging his feet. His voice sounds like he gargles with gravel, rough and wet, raw and angry. I don't take off my hat. At this point, I'm not trying to argue with this man about his hat either. Let's just get him in and out. I glance down and see that he's not wearing any shoes. The bit that I can see from under his coat... One of his ankles is massively purple, black and swollen, melon-sized. The bottoms of both of his feet are bloody and tore up. I realize that he is leaving a slight trail of blood as he drags his ragged feet across the concrete floor of the shop. My first thought is, how and why did security let this guy come in? Second is that this guy is obviously seriously injured. And that is concerning as a, a human being. I'm making sure to keep the display shelf between me and this guy, but that's only about a foot of space, like a bar. He gets to me and the stench gets stronger. I meekly but sincerely ask, uh, Are you alright, sir? His eyes flare at me. What do you care? And I'm like, Well, I tried. Not my chair, not my problem. Not my monkeys, not my circus. Great, uh, what can I get for you? He pulls up one of his sleeves to expose his forearm. It is covered in large, round burns like from a cigar. Some old, healed, and some fresh, and really infected and pussy. It's not track marks too. It's definitely burns. He also has a jagged, homemade-looking stick and a poke tattoo of a smiley face a crooked circle, two lines for eyes, and a sort of scabbed up curve of a smile. He points at his tattoo. Happy. My name's Happy. The rotting stink was so strong that I needed to breathe little gasps and the least possible that I could. I walked here. I walked all the way here from Pasadena. 
I'm like, wow, sir, that's a, that's a very long walk. Anyway, what are you looking for today? Just for you. His eyes are dark and menacing. He is smeared with a layer of grime, like he lives in the woods dirty. He doesn't look like the average crust punk or disabled veteran that you generally see living on the beach. It was hard to guess his age, but he wasn't that old or young. Somewhere between 30 to 50. Honestly, he looked like he dragged himself here from his log cabin. Like what would happen if you entangled some quantum mechanics poorly and mixed Ed Gein with an 1800s homesteader, then transported him to 2013 Venice Beach. I, of course, have never seen this man before. Once was more than enough to make him unforgettable, though. He keeps staring at me, and I move as far back as I can to the wall, hopefully out of his grasp if he lunged. I would need to walk out from behind the case and around him to get to the security. I'm honestly weighing my options at this point. I decide to grab a bunch of compassion grams and then I weigh out an eighth and mark it down. I'd pay it for later. And he's still just leering at me, wheezing heavy, stinky breaths. So we actually have a special today, only for people who walked more than 10 miles to get here. This is all for you on the house. Thank you for stopping by. He accepts the bag, but continues to just stand there and stare at me. Thank you, Happy. It worked. He grunts a guttural noise that is not a word and slowly turns to shuffle back towards the door. At the door, he turns back towards me and says, I'll see you later. He finally walks out after, leaving plenty of his residual stench of death behind. Thank any and all of the gods, I did not see Happy later or ever again. When I asked security, why the heck did they let him in? He said that when he had noticed his bloody feet and said, Hey bro, you all good? That looks like it hurts. Happy had stepped up in his face and threatened to choke you out. Stupid N-word. And since it was just him and two 22-year-old, 130-pound girls, he wasn't trying to die tonight and figured hopefully Happy could just get his stuff and leave. He was watching the camera in the back ready to call the police and the owners if anything got weird. But apparently, we had different definitions of weird. I understood his reaction and ultimately we were all fine. Just spooked and creeped out thankfully. And now, needing to clean blood off the floor with bleach and gloves. And texting our boss that he definitely owed us some free weed after that. He agreed... And, ironically enough, we all lived happily ever after. I'll try to keep this as accurate as possible, but it's been shoved deep in my memory bank for years now. And certain details are fuzzy, but this is what I remember. So, a little over a decade ago, I was working for the local cable or internet company. I was fresh out of high school, and it was my first real job. I should mention too that sometime in my preteen years, I developed a habit of snooping through people's things. Whether it was at a family member's house or friends, 
I would always manage to slip away into people's rooms, closets, bathrooms, etc., looking for secrets and hidden items and whatnot. I would never steal anything, of course, just take mental notes of things that I found and put them back without leaving a trace. So, as you can imagine, landing a job that placed me in people's houses to install cable was, well, almost guaranteed to stir up a desire to indulge in my long-forgotten habit. When installing wires for TVs and computers, I would often end up in crawl spaces, closets, behind desks, and sometimes under beds to reach outlets and such. I'd stumble on things like collections of sexually explicit material, embarrassing personal hygiene products, and more than a few times, extremely large collections of, well, toys if you catch my drift. After a while, it went from stumbling upon these things to outright looking for them. Most homeowners were too lazy to follow me from room to room, so they'd either be downstairs or outside in the yard while I went about doing my job. Like I said, I wasn't taking anything with me, just observing. Now, about four or five months into me working this job, I ended up at a woman's house. She was in her late 20s or early 30s, I would guess, white with sandy blonde hair and a sort of hippie bohemian vibe that was popular around my area, mixed with a bit of emo, a weird combo I know. But she had a pretty big house for a single person, three bedrooms, two baths and multiple living areas, but it appeared that she was the only one living there, other than her cat who would occasionally run by as I was doing my job. But she let me know that she'd be outside on her porch and to let her know if I needed anything. The house was quiet and big, so I knew that I would be able to hear her coming and have plenty of time to clean up if I happened to do some snooping around. It was the perfect storm. All in all, though, it was pretty uneventful, to be honest. I carried on with my work, but I'd every so often take a peek around at her things. She was pretty hot to me, so I probably would have been excited to find something that would allude to her sexual side, but there was no such luck. Just papers, knickknacks, some stuff that appeared to be schoolwork. But peeking out from her pillow was a notebook, similar to the old cow print ones that we'd use in school. I knew for sure, given the placement, that it had to be a diary of some sort. I looked around to make sure that she was still outside, and then I cracked it open. It was boring. The first few pages were random notes, planning, grocery lists, far from the scandalous journaling and one-night stands that I'd hoped for. But just as I was about to put it back, I turned the page and I saw a few words that caught my eye. Something along the lines of panic, anxious, safe. And so, with concern and some excitement, I wanted to read a detailed story written in first person about her hitting a man over the head, realizing that he wasn't conscious any longer, recruiting help cleaning up the mess, and dumping the body in a nearby river. She also journaled about the anxiety and paranoia that she was feeling about everything that happened, and the stress of sharing the secret with the person who had helped her dump the body. I remember being extremely uneasy, and feeling more creeped out in that house every minute that passed by. The silence of the house that I had previously found peaceful, it really started to bother me. Even the jingling of the cat's collar was beginning to haunt me a bit, 
like something out of a horror movie. I was terrified that I'd get caught and that she'd take me out to ensure that I wouldn't tell about what I'd read, but I managed to power through the job and I just got the heck out of there. On the drive home, I managed to convince myself that I'd probably just stumbled on her notes or an excerpt from some fictional novel that she was writing or something. It did read more like a novel than a personal diary passage, but honestly, there's just no telling. I laughed it off with a few friends later on and I never really spoke much about it again. It's been so long now that I can barely remember the woman's face, her house or even the town. But what I do remember clear as day is being very thankful that I never had to go back there again. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Recently, I, a 24-year-old female, was living in a woman's shelter and I made some really good friends there. We used to sit at this park across from a temple at night and drink or smoke or whatever. We'd be there for hours listening to my music, just having fun and talking about our lives. We were all quite young in the group, early 20s. I should say too that we were all there due to a fair amount of trauma in our lives and we connected through that a lot. One night, my friends and I went to a party in the city where we had been drinking for hours and weren't tired when it was over. So when me and my closest friend there, 22-year-old female, got back to the shelter, we decided to go sit in the park and watch the sunrise and drink a bit more. We're there for a little while and we suddenly hear R&B or rap music coming from the temple across the street. I might add that we are both mixed black girls and we were pretty tipsy so we thought that it would be a strange adventure to go over there to see who was playing my favorite song so loud in the morning could be a potential friend or maybe we'd just learn about the place. Whatever the case, 
it was a beautiful temple. So we walked over and the gates were locked. We were disappointed, but a man comes out to greet us and said that we could come in and see the temple. He said that it was his music and that he loves that we like the same music. So we go in and he sort of shows us around. It's beautiful in the bottom, but we also notice a lot of rooms with beds and he tells us that if we ever wanted to rent rooms that we could for unbelievably cheap. We thought that being homeless girls with not much work that it was really an amazing opportunity. Almost too good to be true. At first too I felt nothing but positive vibes. He shows us his computer that's playing the music and asks what songs that we would want to hear. I get comfortable with this guy. He was funny and we all sort of got along pretty well. We're talking about recreational activities that rhymes with weed and so we had some and we offered it to him because he was just really cool and chill. He then says that he'll pack ours with our stuff and that will be more important later. I should add too that he was constantly complimenting me specifically. My hair, my skin color and saying all really forwarded compliments that made me a bit uncomfortable. He started asking if I like Asian men and if I had ever slept with one. He was of Eastern Asian descent. I'm not sure where though, but he then went on to ask more questions about my sexual preferences and told us that he would give very bad drugs, don't think that I can say it, to girls to smoke and have sex with them, drugs no one should ever do. He also said that he sees us sitting at the park sometimes through the window, and all of that was becoming a pile of red flags. He then said as we were smoking that if we had another friend, we can also take his room because he's moving soon and that was when I got a weird feeling so I decided to ask him why he was leaving if the rent was so cheap. He wouldn't answer, just dodging the question and my intuition was telling me that something was wrong. It's ridiculous it took so long but I asked if I could have some water and he said to get the one out of the fridge. I went out and there was another guy there and he was nice and offering me the water but I decided to get a glass and use the tap instead. He runs out of the room my friend was in and says, no, the one from the fridge. And I said, I'm fine with this. He walks me back to the room and I sit back down next to my friend. He then went on to say, I'm moving because I hear people screaming and having orgies at night, noises banging on my door, sounds of people being tortured and hurt and it disturbs my sleep. And I mean, like what, right? It was almost like it accidentally slipped out what he had just said. I almost thought that it was a joke to be honest. I asked him if it was nightmares, ghosts or real people that are making these noises at night and he just continued to dodge my questions. I asked why on earth he didn't tell us this earlier. We were honestly in disbelief and he continued to ignore what we were saying and acting really strange. I then noticed that he had closed the door when I came back in earlier and I started to think that we actually needed to get out of here because this was getting dangerous. He then said, you have to listen to this song, you'll love it. It gets worse though. He puts on this terrifying sort of chant or Viking-like song and plays it 
really loud, too loud, and he's chanting this song so loud that we're yelling at him to turn it off, but he just doesn't listen. The video is Viking like people killing other people or something, and we're begging him to turn it off because it's terrifying, and why would he or anyone like that sort of thing? I mean, it was barely music. He turns his face to us fast and screams maniacally with his teeth showing. His tongue was out and his eyes were wide too. It was the most distorted face that I'd ever seen. He didn't look human, in fact. No sane person would act like that anyway. My fight or flight response isn't really all that good. So I sat there laughing, sort of just frozen in fear, I guess. But my friend, on the other hand, was in fight mode. She threatened to beat this guy up if he didn't let us out right now. I ran to the door and he ran at me, so I froze in front of him and he went to open the door because it was locked. We started running out of the house while he laughs maniacally, speed walking behind us. We bolted out and, mind you, I'm still trying to laugh it off, but it was the beginning of the worst panic attack that I'd ever had. If my friend wasn't there in fight mode, I genuinely don't know what would have happened to me. I mean, the way that he changed so quickly, his movements and mannerisms, the way that his face just didn't look human anymore, and how naive we were to go in there in the first place because it seemed like an innocent temple. We didn't get many answers from this situation because, well, quite frankly, we were just too scared to go back or cause problems, which I know is pretty stupid. We don't know if he was truly troubled or if there were actually people there getting hurt, killed and tortured or having orgies or whatever, but it scared me. It scared me to think about the fact that he knew that we were homeless, vulnerable girls at the time, that he may have lured us in with the music that he hears us play. We also were completely tripping because he laced our stuff. I don't think that I can say on here what my friend believed it was, but... It was the worst experience that we had ever had. I highly doubt that those girls that he spoke about in the beginning were there consensually. Let me say that much. When I was 10, my parents decided to move us into an old funeral home. Now... In this house for the five years that I lived in it, I'd had some uh, experiences and unexplainable things happen. However, I'm only going to list some that just really stuck with me. So when we first moved into the house, the new owners kept only one item from back when it was a funeral home and it was the organ. This organ was huge, mind you, and very old. I don't know if it's been there the whole 60 years that the funeral home was standing, but I do know that it had to be in there for a long time. I remember my father saying that we were never to touch it. And being the destructive children that we were, I could understand. So we just never did. However, it did. Let me explain. It started one night early in the evening the eerie sound of it being played. The sound of the organ was just hauntingly beautiful. Being a child, of course, I'm thinking that my brothers are pulling a prank on me and probably going to get in trouble. However, after the first night, it continued. So one night, me and my sister had to catch our brothers in the act, 
as they swore that they weren't playing it. So when it played again, we went down the stairs ready to bust them, so to speak, only to find that once the music stopped, nobody was there. Now, the funeral home was mostly renovated into an actual house, mostly the downstairs because that used to be where grieving families said their last goodbyes to their loved ones. They really tried to erase a, a history of it ever being one. All of it, except the basement. Now, the basement used to be the place where they prepared the dead bodies, apparently. But let me be clear, too, that they didn't leave the equipment or table or anything down there. This isn't a haunting in Connecticut or something. However, they didn't try to really change up the basement at all either. It was a sort of dark tunnel-like basement with it starting at the entrance. Used to be an office area for the actual house, I think. It was a downslope, like a downward hill from the front to the back. And it was creepy, to say the least. So I just never really went in there. But my parents used it for storage, though, and... One day, my dad asked me to go down there to grab something. I really can't remember what it was, but it was important at the time. So I went down there with a flashlight in hand, because only one light was in there, and I started going through the boxes and rummaging around. As I was looking, I just all of a sudden felt this really weird feeling, almost like I was being watched or something. I brushed it off, of course, and continued, until... All of a sudden, the temperature in that place just plummeted. It was a hot July day, and it just felt breezy all of a sudden. My hair stood up on ends, and that was when I heard it. It was all I can describe as an unnatural sound. No words to be made out. Just a, a gaggle-like sound in my ear right next to me. I can tell you, though, that I spun around so fast that I'm surprised I didn't get whiplash to see nothing. But at that, I ran. I ran for dear life up the ramp-like pavement to the used-to-be store-like front, and I just refused to ever go back down there. Now, I can say the worst part of living there was the nighttime because of the nightmares. Mostly every night... I really wouldn't remember all of them, just know that I would wake up screaming and scared to go back to sleep. One time I did remember though, and, well, I remember the voice. I was dead asleep, and I was woken up by a loud voice screaming, wake up. Looked around my room, but nobody was there. My father would say that it was just night terrors, but till this day in my heart, I know that it wasn't just a dream. Mind you, this is just a few experiences, but this house, it made me believe in the paranormal. It made me believe that there are some things in this world that just cannot be explained yet. I don't know if the house is still there, but I do wonder sometimes and hope that the lost souls, if that's what they were in that house, that they found peace. So I started a new job a few months ago as a third shift technician in some older skyscrapers in my city. Before I was even hired, during my interview, I was asked by who is now my boss, do you have any aversions to ghosts or paranormal stuff? 
I sort of chuckled and assumed that it was a joke, so I didn't answer immediately. After a few seconds, though, I realized that he was serious and double-checked. Oh, uh, actually, no, I'm not averse to stuff like that, I said. He explained that Third Shift tends to see or hear things, but assured me that nobody has ever been harmed. I have always been a bit skeptical, I guess, of anything paranormal, enjoying and entertaining the ideas, but not fully believing due to a lack of evidence in my personal experience. After my onboarding and meeting my co-workers, I followed up on that line of thought though, sort of weighing if they believed in the paranormal prior to working here or not, what their experiences were, etc. Aside from one other newer guy, everyone has had experiences with stuff in the buildings apparently. I went through my training and was taught a lot about the history of the area and the buildings. A fun fact too, my office is two stories below the ground and about 10 feet below a graveyard that was relocated to make room for the tower maybe about 100 years ago. I'm sure that that's not important though, right? Anyway, I would say about two to two and a half months ago, I got off training and went to my normal shift working overnight. My co-worker has been on this shift for over a decade now and has an incredible insight into the details of these buildings. He explained that he's only ever seen stuff once, but it's fairly routine to hear shrill screams or to have your clothing and hair pulled even. The part that amuses me in hearing these accounts from my co-workers is that we're all blue-collar workers most in their 50s and 60s, and with the most nonchalant matter-of-fact recounting of what they've seen. My co-worker took me through a tour of the building and showed me a spot on a floor of the building where, apparently six years prior, he was walking the floor as a part of an hourly fire watch and due to maintenance going on that floor that disabled the fire suppression system. As he disembarked the elevators and went north, a short lady, under five feet tall, he didn't recognize was coming down the hallway from the door that leads to the offices. At first, he jumped as we all do, right? Given these buildings are empty, except for us and security. And once he collected himself, he said hello, that he didn't recognize her and asked to see her employee badge, which is routine for us. She just let out a high-pitched, shrill sort of cackle. He sort of likened it to an old Hollywood witch's cackle, and she walked away around the corner. On the other side of the floor, he bumped into maintenance guys and asked them if they had seen this lady and who she worked for. On the other side of the floor, he bumped into maintenance guys and asked them if they had seen this lady and who she worked for, but they hadn't seen her at all. After this firewatch round, he went and asked the security desk, but they said that nobody had come in or out, aside from him and maintenance. And well, as for myself, I'm yet to see anything, but I can confirm now that I've definitely heard things. You see, a few weeks ago, I was repairing a sort of light fixture in a tunnel that we had under the buildings there. My co-worker was with me, but due to his size and me being the new guy, I had the pleasure of climbing the 10-foot ladder to work on the fixtures. While wrapping up the last fixture... I felt a strong tugging on the fabric of my pants by my right knee. I asked my co-worker not to do that, as I don't have a great balance and don't want to eat the concrete. 
he didn't answer me though. I stepped down and turned around and he was at the other end of the tunnel, maybe 70 feet from me I would guess, kneeled down investigating a wire. Odd, but nothing extreme, right? Well, today while I'm doing my routine, I heard a, a loud noise, sort of like tire screeching. I didn't think much of it. I mean, kids in their cars and all that, right? But it wasn't until a few minutes later that it dawned on me. I'm 40 feet below street level, under tons of metal and concrete. How on earth could I hear tires all the way down here? Well, a, a few minutes later, I was passing one of our entrances to the grillage, I think the roots of a skyscraper, and heard what I can only describe as a blood-curdling sharp scream come directly from the entrance. I concluded at that that, yep, I ain't messing with that today, and promptly just left off to the higher levels. So, what do you guys think about all of this? Any theories, questions? I'm really not sure what to make of it all, but in any case, it feels good to just share it with someone. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.